This is AJ Perez, senior reporter at Front Office Sports, and you're listening to Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host, Justin Williams, and you know I'm never alone. Today I'm with the man, the myth, the legend, the one that makes me sound good, the one that knows everything about NFTs. If you haven't yet, please go to our website, Pro Sports Podcasters, and subscribe to our monthly newsletter where we give you all the tips and tricks while making money off of sports NFTs. And for the love of God, people, we love that we have 10,000 followers on our social media. Thank you so much to Instagram. But please start reviewing and rating our podcast. Like, it's kind of weird to be like, we have all these followers and no reviews or very little reviews. Like, we love you. Love us by please giving us some reviews. (sighs) What say you, Kobe? As much as we've got 10,000 followers on Instagram, we've got a lot more downloaders on the actual podcast which is where we want the review most of all right so when you're done with this do us a solid and just leave us a review and this being the month of december it is time december 2023 is the proposed launch of ufc strike the new application game that they have planned we're supposed to have the beta come out this month i hope to god it's on time i've been waiting for this one and if it does come out Get ready, UFC Strike will blow up in 2024. You've got my word on it. And Kobe's pretty good with this. There you go. There you go. But uh, we're not the only ones who like to talk MMA on this podcast. We actually have a guest today who actually knows quite a lot about MMA. He knows a lot about a lot of sports, actually. He's a front office senior reporter. I heard something about the NFL. We might touch on that later. But (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. AJ Perez. AJ, how you doing, buddy? Not bad. Long day, but thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming back. We had you on in an earlier time. Unfortunately, I missed it. So it's the first time you get to subject your ears to my voice, which hopefully is a good thing. (laughs) So let's talk about uh, kind of the biggest thing in the news right now in the uh, MMA sports world, and that is the acquisition of Bellator and PFL. Who, what, where, when, why, how, and is Scott Croker the main guy for starting an MMA promotion and then selling it to a major league? What say (laughs) you, sir? Yeah, it worked out for Strikeforce, didn't it? Yeah, I oh, mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, Scott, you know, there there is there were signs a few months ago that, you know, that obviously that Bellator was, they, Paramount wanted to do something with Bellator, and, and then we got the news that basically Showtime Sports, including Showtime Boxing, was going away, and we still didn't know what happened Bellator. I think I reported back in September, well, a few months ago, that, that PFL was in hot pursuit of uh, Bellator. We didn't know it was going to be an all-equity deal, obviously, and uh, basically Paramount you know, got some stock in PFL for his part of the transaction. And uh, yeah, and I went out there and covered the, I didn't cover, sorry, I shouldn't say I covered it. I, I was at the PFL championships. I went as a fan with one of my, uh, one of my 
fellow personal trainer buddies who, uh, you know, who, it was his first live event, which I didn't know until halfway through. And I'm like, I've covered all these UFC fights over the years and attended them as a, as, as a fan as well. And uh, so, yeah, we, I was able to see, you know, basically what they what they purchased. And then they put on a pretty good show. It, it's a smaller arena. It was actually at a an anthem. Actually, it's at the same venue where my wife's watching a concert at tonight uh, here in D.C. It, it was a pretty good event, but there's a lot of things we don't know about, you know, the integration. I have a little more to tell you about what I heard this week as far as what's happening to some former Bellator employees. Brother. You are the star of our show. We're just a platform for you to speak on. Don't apologize. Keep rambling. Do what you got to do. We'll interject with questions if we feel necessary. So please tell us all that you know. Yeah, well, there is. Uh, we just all know in Coker. You know, I think I think the signs of Coker may not be around. Um, you know, they're still they were trying to negotiate it with him. As far as I was told, about ten days ago, I didn't have any updates on that. But some of some of the other employees, the support employees, were offered con. Were offered jobs at PFL. So many weren't given the same wage, so they were they were turned down. Some people took the jobs, and some positions were totally eliminated, which is normal when you acquire a company. There's redundancies, and you don't need two people doing one a job that one person person can do. Even though it's a bigger organization, and there are more responsibilities now with the fighter roster expanding. So there's a lot. There's still you know we don't have all, we don't even know where Bellator is going to be on broadcast next year yet so a lot of unanswered questions at this point i think pfl is trying to build build up the kind of the fervor after acquiring um you know bellator i think there's they're you know they they do like to kind of put themselves in a horse race with ufc they're a long ways away from that they are a long ways indeed what do you think is going to be the first kind of major event or pop after the acquisition in terms of a fight yeah i think we're gonna maybe this the maybe getting Bader in there i think that would be huge and, 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 and obviously, whoever Francis fights, that's the big one. I mean, he's been on the roster for, what, six, seven, eight months now? And, you know, he was, we don't know who, when he's going to fight. It'll be, there's going to be two pay-per-view events that are part of this new this new ESPN deal that they redid, or that they extended a few days ago. So there's going to be one in the first half of the year, one in the second half of the year. So they're going to be, which one does Francis, you know, fit into? He hasn't fought in a long time um, already. It's been a long time since his final UFC fight. So it's going to, he'll be slotted in one, maybe even both of them. Who knows? I think that's a given. Now, who does he fight? Is it, will it be Bader from the, from the Bellator roster? You know, I think that, yeah, that would be a very intriguing matchup. And I think one that could sell plenty of pay-per-views. I think so too. What say you, Kobe? Well, seeing as how the name came up, I got to ask you, AJ, do you think Nganu won that fight against the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that was... That that was a, one of the worst decisions of 2023. I think that, you know, I think that I could see the, you know, the biases toward, against an MMA guy going in there and doing that to one of the top fighters in the world, uh, boxers in the world, is I could see why they, I could see, I mean, I could see why they maybe have rule. I mean, it was a bad decision, but this, it you know, it, I thought, I thought Francis won. Do you think that hurts the fight game in general, a decision like that? Yeah, it's like... The one knock on boxing has been the knock on boxing forever is so many belts, so many organizations, so many, you know, the, we aren't seeing the best fights. And this, no one gave Francis a chance because we've seen all the other, you know, MMA guys fight, uh, usually one of the, yeah, usually one of the Paul brothers o- over the years. And, uh, and we saw how that ended up. Now, Francis is not, was not, is, wasn't like any of the others. You know, Francis obviously he was training, had been training with this. He was a great striker already in MMA. And, you know, he easily made, you know, he, he made that shift and knocked, 
knocked down Fury, you know, you know, nearly knocked him out. It's, it was a, it was a very it was one of the most impressive things I could I mean athletically you could actually that I can think of over the last several months at least because like imagine just the giving because you know boxers don't give MMA guys much of a chance and vice versa and a boxer going in in in, in into an octagon is going to get rocked but it just this is like the this is like a, a major moment for MMA it legitimized you know the crossover and it legitimized PFL to a certain extent as well fully agree. Fully agree. I mean, I watched that whole fight. The first round kind of went the way I expected. It looked like Fury was the faster, more crisp boxer. And then it went all in Ganu's way, except for maybe one or two rounds in the middle, and that was it. Yeah, and it was, yeah, because everybody thought, oh, this would be Connor versus Mayweather Part 2. I'm like, yeah. very different fighters, very, you know, <laughs> very different weight division. So many things were different. Uh, to assume that it would end up like Connor, where Mayweather was playing with Connor for the last, for most of the, most of that fight, you know, probably could have knocked him out earlier. I think that's what, you know, and I think, I think a lot of people missed the fight because they were just like, no, we, we, we bought the Connor Mayweather one. If you could actually stream it, because so many issues of streaming that day yeah. with Showtime, actually, the platform just crashed. A lot of people who, who paid for the streaming service with New Lion, you know, didn't get to see it. That was one of them. I had to go on Facebook to watch it, even though me and my buddies bought that fight. So, uh, yeah, it's so I think that it was just it was I think a lot. I think a lot of people didn't even realize that, you know, what had happened until they saw it on Twitter or some other somewhere else. Because I think I don't think a lot of people were kind of just just despite the two huge names in that fight were dismissive of, you know, an MMA guy going in against a, you know, someone like a Tyson Fury. Now, like you said, it does legitimize MMA to a much greater extent. It definitely shows you that you have true athletes in MMA as opposed to they were considered just brawlers back in the day. MMA has taken a massive step forward, and now PFL has taken a massive step forward. Do you think the investment from the Saudis gives the PFL an advantage in growth? They're going to need more than the money they've already received. It's going to be reported $100 million. They're going to need a lot more money from Saudi Arabia or anywhere else if they want to make a, like a true run at, at UFC. It's going to, and it'll, it'll take many years. It's not going to be a one or two year thing. We're talking about three to five in my estimation because UFC is so entrenched. You know, people just default MMA to UFC. There's a lot of other fight organizations out there. A lot of them <laughs> that were gobbled up by UFC. Uh, over the years as well but there's really that's the default that they're they're the nfl right now and a lot of fans minds there there's only one major mma promotion even even though bellator has had a great roster and a lot of great fights they were on you know they were hard to find they were on you know they moved around a lot on paramount's platforms it was you had to be a real true fight fan now obviously pfl is a little different they have an espn deal you don't know what the bellator deal is going to be yet but you know you're going to find them in espn espn2 espn plus you know where to find pfl that's going to be huge they're going to need to step up their production game like they had at the finale which was great they need to replicate that for every single fight you know whether that's bringing in bringing in big john mccarthy or from bellator or anybody else you know that they need to up the production value so fans who are used to seeing UFC, which runs, which has forever run their own productions, you know, ESPN is just blasting out what UFC produces. They need that kind of quality, and that isn't cheap. You, the talent is hiring. The talent is one thing, but the all everything else around it, you know, the cameras, the trucks, you know, the getting in 4K, even you know, it, it is very expensive. And uh, we don't really don't know the cost, the cost structure and how this deal changed from the previous two PFL deals with ESPN. 
Um, maybe there's ESPN's taking more more of the burden of it. Um, but you're it's on PFL to do what UFC did is to take the brand. P- no one wanted to work with the UFC when Dana took over, and because they was there, they they still had the you know the cockfighting days. You know, people were you know they had John McCain talking about it. You know, th- th- that was one thing that the between Dana and the, and the Fertitta brothers. You know, they really put a lot of work into production value. PFL needs to do that now. I'm not saying their product's bad, but it's just kind of it's not at the level of UFC. So that has to. So that's they're gonna. That's a major thing. And then the second thing is getting fans out there. I mean, putting on events where people attend. I mean, because there was maybe eighteen hundred people at most at the maybe well up to two thousand or so at the at the finale because it's a smaller venue. It's a concert venue. You know, we're not filling up arenas yet. You know, that's the that and that's the same with one. It's the same with 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 even Bellator before this, and it's gonna be the same with PFL. You have to to build up fan excitement. So you do that with TV and great fights on TV. You get people out to events. And those are very hard to do, uh, especially when UFC dominates the landscape. And they're coming up in a couple of years. No, but about it, we got two more years left in the ESPN deal for UFC as well. So, you know, they're going to be up in their game. They're going to be putting their best, best foot forward for the next two years. I'm not saying they haven't been already because they want that next big TV deal, especially with a lot of uncertainty in the broadcast and broadcast media and a lot of, and even though Netflix is getting into some sports streaming, you know, not everybody's, you know, it's, there's negatives of taking the streaming money over broadcast as people more, you know, having ESP, having it on ESPN versus having it on a pure streamer there, you know, it could be more, maybe more money, but you're losing, but you're also losing, you know, the casual fan. So I think the, so the PFL was smart to stay with ESPN because I think one shown, even though one's a, a pretty great product, you, you have to stumble upon it on Amazon Prime. You know, you, there's been one fight in the U.S. So there's there's so there's going to be a, there's going to need me a lot of investments. It costs a lot of money. Now you brought up one. I, I find some of the most exciting fights happen in One FC. I absolutely love their product. Do not see that much of it on this side of the pond. But Chatri has made a point of saying he wants to focus more on MMA in 2024. Is that yes. because of the the PFL Bellator announcement? You think? I think just a, it, he wants to appeal more to U.S. fans, and we're used to you know we're used to MMA now. You know, there's uh, the other the other disciplines aren't as popular here. So I think that so if he wants to become more popular, and if he wants to you know because they're yeah they're they're huge in Asia. You know, they have a decent following in the U.S. It's growing. They'll show you metrics of how, you know, they're on par with the you know, PFL, Bellator, you know, before the merger. You know, there's ways to slice it. But I think, yeah, but, I, you know, they're on Amazon. Um, it, it's, you know, it's it stuff gets hidden on Amazon probably easier than any other streaming platform, unfortunately. But, you know, the fights, when they're live, they, they pop up on the on, on the main screen. They, they had one event. There's like a 4,000 seat venue in, in Colorado uh, this year. You know, I think they're going to, I think he's going to, to excite the U.S. fans, he's probably going to have to do more MMA, and that that his comment, which I saw, it makes sense. Okay, well, cool. As an actor who's on a TV show on Amazon Prime, yeah, no, things can get hidden sometimes. It's not good, <laughs> especially if there's a whole like Canada-U.S. discrepancy. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. No, it's it's. I mean, I've you know, I'm I'm kind of getting you now. There's I'm working on some projects with some streamers now, and it's like not, and I it's be my first stuff, so I'm like, you can put it anywhere you want, I don't care. I'll tell I'll tell my friends where to find it, but it's something different when it's like a personal project versus obviously uh, having you know a major sports league on there. And I think it's changing. I don't think Amazon's going to probably improve findability. It's a struggle for everything. I mean, we have my wife and I have every single service I think, or 
basically without maybe with some password sharing you didn't hear that but it's like <laughs> it is hard to find shows it's like oh, it was this movie on this i'm like yeah it's no it's on this one and i'm like well, you, then you like like in yeah then you have like a series like well the first two seasons are here and then it's here then it's here it's like you know that's the problem with streaming but it's uh you know hopefully they'll figure it out and in, in, in amazon and they're all like that it's not just amazon i don't think there's findability is great for any of them no, I, I think you are correct. There's a bit of an issue there with that. But I feel like what every, everyone should do if you're going to jump over to streaming, it shouldn't shouldn't just be like Amazon Prime. It should be Amazon Prime Sports. Because yeah, like maybe I mean, I, want to I was on a sports show on there and it was impossible. I mean, I was like, who's viewing this? I can't find it. And I'm live on TV right now. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, uh, I got up. It's five in the morning on the West Coast to do this. I was traveling for Christmas this time last year. And I'm like, uh, I was like, they, they canceled the entire thing but it's it was like it was great production quality but it's like you can't find it i'm live right now and even like afterwards i'm like i wonder if it had the replays i had to like click and click and click and it's like who is this for then so that's like when they have to ask you i'm sorry a tangent bye 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 no, I, don't get me wrong. I, I think every actor or anybody who in the, is in the media to some degree kind of understands the frustration of having a name brand platform behind you, yet for whatever reason, you can't find exposure from it, which is breathes sweet irony and not the best way possible. <laughs> but anyways, I digress in its entirety. So one thing for the UFC has over any other type of MMA is it has a video game. Yes. Will we see the PFL slash Bellator come out with a video game? Potentially. Just so we can see, finally see Francis fight. Um, oh, uh, oh, um, oh, oh, shots, shots. <laughs> no, I, I, first of all, I respect Francis. I think he's awesome, and I, you know, I, he, I talked to him like June or this year. Um, and he's a great guy. I just not. I just want to see him fight. Sorry, it's, I, know, I know he fought. He boxed, but I want to see him back in back in the cage. I, that's that's a good question. I'm not sure. I'm probably the easiest way to do that is, is mobile. A lot less expensive than going to, uh, you know, the console route, but you know, but it, I could possibly, it's, it's, you know, we've seen the glitches on the UFC games over the years. It's not even easy for EA to do. So, you know, you're gonna who you're gonna partner with? That's a big one. Um, so I don't know. That'd be great. I think if we see one, it'll probably probably be on our iPhones and Android phones first. But um, yeah, I haven't heard anything on that. I mean, I would love to see it come out. Uh, I think it's about time it did for the most part. But another question that kind of concerns me is the crossover that Bellator did with Ryzen. Do you think that's still going to continue? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, that's not, I haven't even thought about that. I'll have to, darn it, I should, you should ask me that if I, I would have texted somebody. Uh, yeah, they I mean, that's, it, I mean, if you, if you, if you want to hold off uh, one, I guess it wouldn't be a bad thing, right? I feel like something they should do. I feel it was a great selling point. They did what, two events, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, that would, well. yeah, that would, you know, I don't, that would, I, I've not heard that question. I did not hear that. I'd say you're right. Yeah, that, that is a good thing. I mean, but you're already combining two organizations, getting a third one in there. I, I mean, there's some fighters who don't even know what's going on either. That's right. So on the Bellator side, so it's kind of like, I think there's a lot of moving parts. I think over the next, probably I was told by, I think it's within the next, within the next month we'll have where Bellator is going to be broadcast on because it wasn't part of the ESPN deal. As I mentioned, but so it's going to be, yeah, so we'll see. I think that maybe, yeah, maybe that'll, maybe they'll, they'll have some more news on that. Well, so my thing is, it's it, like, are we treating it almost like AEW in the sense where yeah. it's like AEW was built by wrestlers for wrestling fans 
to combat with in this case to be WWE and it's done so like very very well now it's three different types of shows on and is this essentially what we're going to see is now WWE and UFC have merged together so they're kind of under one umbrella company is essentially this what we're going to see now too like this new production company could they potentially merge with AEW and then now we have this like huge MMA crossover W not WWE but like wrestling like where does it end now because AEW is on ESPN too so yeah. it's like I know it's yeah it's consolidation we've seen is a thing and it's not just in MMA I think it's we've seen a consolidation in a lot of different areas of U.S. business and international business so it makes sense because uh, you want because because like I mentioned those like, cost cutting savings you get when you're a bigger organization then you have to risk are you going to lose your way if you do this kind of thing and I think the way it's structured with Endeavor with UFC and uh, WWE I think you know leaving pretty much everything intact well, for the most part and uh having someone strong up top like Ari Emanuel that makes the stuff a little easier to integrate than maybe if it's uh, going to be another organization wrestling MMA organization coming together there you go yeah I want to talk a little bit about the, the fighters in the situation the PFL I mean their fighter pool wasn't that deep okay yeah. but I think that was by design because the way the tournament structure works you don't want too many people kind of vying to the one spot yes now they have this massive pool of fighters and i would say that the bellator roster was significantly stronger overall are are we gonna see very few of the original pfl fighters remain you think next year oh that's me it's gonna be interesting and they're still like kind of getting these rosters together and it's like what's going to be on the bellator promotion if they're doing eight i think six to eight bellator fights branded bellator fights on who wherever they're going to be next year Mm -hmm. You know, that's who's going to fight in those. And and is it or are they going to realize we'll just put them all together now? The one flaw PFL has always had, as interesting as the tournament structure was, is having upsets. I mean, some of the top fighters over the years have gotten knocked out early in these tournaments. So you're left with, you know, one of the great things about MMA is like overboxing is like you can make the best matchups. The pure tournament structure pretty much prevents that. While you would love to have the top fighters, the top two contenders or the top, you know, two or three contenders in each division fight at the end of the year. That didn't always happen. So I think, and, and, you know, styles make fights and sometimes the top two could be a boring fight <laughs> anyway, or the, or the, or the two that get down to the championships. That's why they, they, they had to break out of that mold. And, and, and they already were before the Bellator acquisition. Now they have multiple different series, um, including this new pay-per-view uh, series or now division basically that's going to be uh kind of like where that's where francis is going to fight i think that's uh you know that's that's great because the to kind of to grow and i do like the tournament format but you need to give fans a little more and especially fans who are used to big name bigger names and maybe from other organizations and not always past their prime but maybe not you know or they've had it fallen out fallen out with with the ufc or something you know, fans want to see that. Fans are used to seeing names, and even if they're the names of guys who were champions years ago and different, different in a different league, you know, the fans still you know recognize that, and it's, that's they're familiar with that. And I think we're going to probably see, especially as this fighter pay lawsuit keeps going forward with UFC, and we can talk about that later. Yeah. You know, so there's, you know, I think uh, I think this is having they need to give fans more than just a tournament, and I think Bellator gives them that roster to do that more consistently. And the assumption would be that the absolute best fighters are going to be representing PFL, correct? 
Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Because like the best fight, some of the best fighters right now are in, are on you know are maybe end up in a Bellator card. We don't. There's a lot of there's so many. I think that's a safe assumption. But I think there's until we see you know some fight cards for next year. Uh, you know, I think uh, you know who's going to be on them. What where it's going to be if it's going to be pay per view versus just regular TV, regular you know ESPN and the Bellator is a big question mark because those are supposed to be separate. So it's we there's a lot. This is still, what are we now, two weeks out from the deal? Um, we still don't know a lot. Yeah, because the, the one thing I wonder about the most is if you want the PFL to be sort of like your prime organization, you want Bellator to be like your feeder organization, you've got a number of fighters who just got belts. And yeah. I mean, if you're going to move them over to PFL, I guess they're never defending those belts. They're just giving them up. Yeah. And, and having somebody else win a belt at that point and just kind of let it go which i think is the one sort of weird thing about it yeah and also we don't know with like cyborg and some other fighters. we don't know you know if they're going to move forward with bfl i mean their contracts have basically been acquired by bfl but you know do they want to do they want to you know keep going with a different organization especially if scott's not going to be in charge are they loyal to him a little bit not that i'm saying you're going to start up another mma organization or anything but you know there's going to be a lot of uh i know pfl wants cyborg they want all you know the you know, they want all, they want the baiters and all the others, but, uh, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, there's, but there might, the rosters of that, you know, Bellator had not, not every fighter is going to eventually going to fight for PFL or whatever PFL slash Bellator, whatever it's going to be called next year. Okay. Let's, let's just talk a bit of UFC before we move on. You have any predictions who will, who will be actually fighting at USC 300? Cause I've heard all kinds of possibilities. Whoever's not injured. Uh, no, um, <laughs> That's tough. I and to be honest, my my uh, I haven't watched a lot of UFC this year. Um, now is so I don't even know if John Jones could be healthy enough. He'll be healthy enough, right? Three hundred. Oh, I think it'd be tight. Yes, probably not. So that's a fight everybody wants. That fighter everybody wants in there. A lot, not everybody, but a lot of a lot of a lot of us. So there's uh yeah I don't that's gonna be a good question. Connor, you know there's the thing is it's it's been it's been part of MMA since the start. It's like you can make these great rosters and I could theorize, but the guy gets hurt in training. Or or doesn't or has an awful cut or something. It's like you know, it's it's tough. So I'm I'm gonna have to pass on that because I have not handicapped this very well. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen at 300. Everything can happen. It could be the worst. They could be hyping it up and be like, we're making super fights. But also, it's like, are you really? I don't know. Anyways, I digress. Moving forward, is there any sort of like nuances that are potentially happening in the MMA world which maybe we're not aware of? Any sort of like aside from the PFL deal and everything like that. Is there any? Oh yeah, I think. Well, I think. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on it now since uh, now it's an opening. Uh, just the UFC fighter pay lawsuit. The lot, the trial is going to be coming up very soon. I think a lot of people are going to be following it. Um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of information coming out and court documents. I have not poured through all of them, um, but we're seeing so much intriguing stuff about how these contracts are structured. At least how they were structured during the time period. And we're talking about about eight years ago and beyond and older than that so these i'm not and things have changed probably in the year since there's there's a second lawsuit second trial but the more more recent fighters is going to move forward as well so we're it just it opens up the door it's something that you know as you know the public like states like nevada have, have always given out the purses and dana white's always like that doesn't count all the bonus money the promotion money but we're actually seeing how how little or as or or however how much these get these fighters get paid for these fights, especially earlier in their careers, you know, 3,000 to show, another 3,000 to, sh- you know, maybe 6,000 if you win that fight. Yeah. 
you know, stuff like that, you know, that's, but the, when, uh, you know, and that's, I'm not saying they're, you know, it, the, the big thing is during this time period, did UFC, especially acquiring WEC, Strikeforce, Pride, you know, they gobbled up a lot over the, over the previous you know, 15 years. You know, what does the, did that, did, did that, was was that a monopoly? Did that, did that really keep a lid on fighter pay? And that's just why really going forward, and this is, may not be a great, it's not going to be able to, you know, they can, they can say, you know, Bellator has been around for a while, um, covers some of that, some of this time period, you know, that Bellator was a, it was our competitor. It was right there with us. But when knowing that, you know, Scott did not have Dana's resources to offer fighters what what Dana could now Dana had a huge a lot more money a lot obviously from it's to business was what made a lot more money so you could see why but uh you know this is why PFL is you know I think there's certain people UFC I'm guessing this is my just my this is my analysis that want PFL to be you know moderately successful never challenging UFC but you know just to just so that these these allegations of fighter pay go away eventually. And this, you know, this trial, they could, Endeavor could be up for, you know, they've been saying in their every single quarter release since they bought UFC is like, they're kind of, oh, we think we're going to win at the end. That's basically what the, the disclaimer language is in every quarterly report. But we don't know. I mean, of, you know, we don't know what, what, what the, what the, the jury in these cases are going to do. You know, it could cost Endeavor a lot of money. I don't think it's going to, even if they lose and there's some huge award, UFC is going to be just fine. But what what is it going to do, you know, to the continued operations of, you know, of UFC as far as, you know, having as big of a roster maybe or having or but, you know, but if PFL is, you know, becomes, uh, you know, a moneymaker and it becomes uh, like a, you know, I don't it's going to take a long time, a lot of money to reach UFC brand recognition and everything and, and, and profitability. But, you know, having a, having a PFL, you know, having PFL or one or somebody else paying fighters more, paying fighters, you know, giving more benefits to fighters, it's going to help. It's, it's going to help UFC. It really, um, as long as it doesn't uh, overturn UFC, which I don't see happening, you know, the lot, the, the, the people I talk to, I cover a lot of legal issues, you know, that like worst case scenario, UFC is going to be out some money, a lot of money, but it's not going to change how they operate. But how do they continue to operate? They, you know, they, to go forward with the structure they have now, they're going to need, you know, if if a jury, if these juries decide in these former fighters' favor, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to really need a, a UFC is going to need an, a second, you know, a number two, a strong number two to kind of keep going with the way they've been doing things forever. I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone could really argue with that sentiment or that notion, to be honest with you. I feel like you hit it right, right on the head there, buddy. Uh, AJ, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Where can our fans find you on social media? Uh, Byaj Perez on uh, I'm on uh, Threads, Instagram, and Twitter, or X, whatever they call it now. Um, and uh, and FrontOfficeSports.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It pays my salary, basically. Uh, I'm an investigative reporter, so so our 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 uh, our our newsletter is where uh, it's free twice a day and once once a day on the weekends. Um, and uh, sign up for it. It goes to your inbox. You get the all the sports and culture business stuff you you could you, you could uh you know ever ask for and uh and um yeah that's pretty much it brilliant uh hold on hold on one one bold prediction before we go aj which fighter will be the most talked about fighter in 2024 i'd say 2023 is francis and Gannon. who will it be in 2024 ah uh, jeez i wouldn't say francis i can't say it again um that's a good one 
I would say John Jones. What the heck? Um, and I think what, what, whatever happens, if he comes back and is, and is competitive and, you know, he's the long layoff and everything else. I think, I think even John, John Jones isn't as, you know, I would say he's probably not say, I'm not going to say past his prime, but you know, he's a, he's, I think, uh, I think John Jones, uh, over Connor, Mc, Connor McDavid. So I think, uh, especially if he's healthy and he fights a couple times, possibly next year. Okay. Okay. Right on. Right on. Good talking to you again, AJ. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience. Where no sport is left behind.